are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. So what's your favorite animal? Anybody? Lots of times when we're talking to kids, it's a great question. And kids have no problem answering like that and talking about their favorite animals. As adults, I think we kind of think we're too mature for such questions sometimes. We've lost our our childlike awe at how wonderful and delightful animals are. Today's a great day for us to rekindle that awe. And I really think if we're going to do anything with creation care, we've got to have that sense of awe and and majesty about the, the creatures of the world and the creation of this world. We really need to rediscover that. The variety of animals in our world is really spectacular. Sometimes we just take it for granted. Um, It's awesome in the best sense of a word that I like to use, probably overuse. In a book called Green Faith, Mobilizing God's People to Save the Earth, Reverend Fletcher Harper writes, cheetahs can spot their prey from a distance of three miles. Humpback whale songs, which can last up to 30 minutes, may travel 10,000 miles through ocean waves. Many scientists now recognize that elephants experience and express joy, anger, grief, and love. A mosquito flaps its wings 500 times each second. It's pretty incredible. Well, a slightly different angle on the same theme, the uh, British biologist J.B.S. Haldane famously said, the creator must have had an inordinate fondness for beetles. (laughs) And there's good reason for that. According to Wikipedia... 400,000 different types of beetles in the world. Inordinate fondness indeed. So what's your favorite animal? What's your favorite beetle? (laughs) Maybe that's a good Sunday conversation for your family. Talk about your favorite animals. Okay, since you asked, mine is the American oyster catcher. It's a bird I see when we go to the beach in New England. I'm eternally grateful to my parents who instilled in me a love of birds and a love of the beach. And we see these birds occasionally at the beach. They're rather skittish around people, but they uh, run up and down the shoreline digging for for food. And I like them because they have this little pitter-patter as they run. They make this little squawking noise, and their bills are that brilliant orange color. The world is really full of amazing creatures. Abraham Heschel invites us to a spirit of awe. He wrote, our goal should be to live life in radical amazement. Get up in the morning and look around in a way that takes nothing for granted. Everything is phenomenal. Everything is incredible. Never treat life casually. To be spiritual is to be amazed. Maybe that's our job today, to look around and open our eyes and wake up and be amazed and be in awe the gift of creation, the gift of this day, the gift that we're here. 
Our kids are singing about that, that wonderful song they did. And that song, I don't know if you caught all the lyrics. That was pretty impressive. They learned all those lyrics about all the different animals, just kind of reminding us of the interconnectedness, the web of life, how all the animals need one another. All God's critters got a place in the choir. It's kind of like the Apostle Paul saying, one body with many parts, right? We're all in this together. We all need one another. Scripture invites us to think about and appreciate creation in many places. You've, you've heard a week or two ago but from Genesis chapter 1. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind, which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God said, let the earth bring forth creatures of, of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth. And it was so. God made the wild animals every kind and cattle of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Right? Thanks be to God. Psalm 104. It's a long psalm full of praise of creation. And we here in Wisconsin love it because it mentions a certain animal, which we have a particular fondness for here in Wisconsin. The Lord's trees are well watered. The cedars of Lebanon, which God planted, where the, where the birds make their nests, where the stork has a home in the cypress. The high mountains belong to the mountain goats. The ridges are the refuge of the badgers. The young lions are roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. Lord, you have done so many things. You made them all so wisely. The earth is full of your cre creations. And then there's the sea, wide and deep, with its countless creatures, living things, both small and large. And the psalm continues in this wonderful song of praise of creation. What a wonderful gift. We also hear a celebration of creation in the book of Job. And those of you who do Bible study, maybe familiar with the book of Job, might be surprised to hear that because Job's a book about human suffering and asking the big why questions about life. But in the midst of trying to figure out why he's suffering so much, why he's struggling so much, and what the meaning of life is and where God is and all this, Job even reflects on the majesty of creation. But ask the animals, and they will teach you. The birds of the air, and they will tell you. Ask the plants of the earth, and they will teach you. And the fish of the sea will declare to you. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of every human being. Thanks be to God for these and many words of Scripture that praise the gift of creation. The Bible affirms what we know to be true that the world is full of amazing creatures. And I want to share a few more of them with you today. There's a Chinese river dolphin at the first service. There's a little girl sitting back there right near where Linda McNeil's sitting. And all, when I put the slide up, there was a moment of silence, and I heard, dolphin! <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's right. And there's the black rhino, southern Africa. There's a tree snail with a name that's very hard to pronounce. It comes from the South Pacific. And there's the Ala Otra grebe that comes from the island of Madagascar, along with tons of other wonderful, majestic animals. And then there's the splendid poison frog from Panama. I don't know who came up with the name, but I wouldn't put splendid and poison together, but... <laughs> That's not my field, and it wasn't my choice. 
Well, all these wonderful animals have something in common. Unfortunately, all of them are extinct or almost extinct. I could have put up thousands more slides of other animals all over the world who have become extinct over the years. The uh, estimates vary widely how many species are going extinct every day, but it's happening. We're losing wonderful animal species, and it's important for us as we dig into creation care to acknowledge the reality of the pain, the sadness, the hurt right now, the, the, the loss of animals that we'll never see again. And as Christians, we need to frame it in terms of sin and think about our hand in this. Many animal extinctions are caused by human activity as we cut down jungles and forests, as we overpopulate the world, as we pollute the land and sea and skies, as we emit more and more carbon. So as Christians, we acknowledge our sin and we ask God's forgiveness and we repent. We turn around, we change direction, we strive to make things better. We try to change our ways. Repenting, remember, it means changing your mind or changing your direction. And in our hymnals, those of you in the sanctuary, um, if you want to pick up a hymnal and go to page 37, right in the beginning of the hymnal, not hymn number 37, but you'll see a brief statement of faith in there. Wonderful statement of the Presbyterian Church from 1991. And there's a phrase in this statement that I want, a, a part of the statement that I'd like to highlight for us today. It's really a confession of sin, if you will. And it go, it, it's on the screen. It says, we rebel against God. We hide from our creator, evoking the language of the Garden of Eden. Ignoring God's commandments, we violate the image of God in others and ourselves, accept lies as truth, exploit neighbor and nature, right? Contemporary themes here and threaten death to the planet entrusted to our care. We deserve God's condemnation. That's kind of the acknowledgement of sin and the recognition that we've fallen short and that God's not happy with us. But the statement doesn't stop there, and our theology doesn't stop there either, because it goes on. The very next line says, Yet, despite all this, yet, God acts with justice and mercy to redeem creation. And that redemption includes us. We're part of that that ongoing process of being redeemed, of being changed, of being transformed. God is our hope. God is at work transforming creation and transforming us. And I see that transformation happening 30 years of Heifer Sundays here at Covenant Presbyterian Church. Generations of kids learning about animals, learning about the world, learning about creation care. Thanks be to God for that transformation. 30 years of generous people giving lots of money to support Heifer. I see transformation happening as we continue to learn about recycling and taking care of the planet and teaching our kids and our grandkids and ourselves about using less plastic and things like that. I see transformation happening as we shift away from fossil fuels and learn to get around in different ways and appropriate solar power and wind power. We've had solar panels on the roof of this church for five years, thanks be to God. I see transformation happening as we learn that maybe we shouldn't eat as much red meat as we've been eating, that that's not good for the planet. Maybe we shouldn't fly as much as we do. That's not good for the planet. I see transformation happening as we get angry and frustrated and disappointed and try to find appropriate ways to engage the powers and principalities and ask them to change their ways, writing letters to our politicians and to other influential people. I see transformation happening in our young people, getting out in the streets and protesting. And sometimes the not-so-young people do that too. And I see transformation happening 
as we listen to one another. Because these issues are not simple and easy. They're multiple stakeholders and they're multiple ways of looking at every one of these issues. They're not as simple as I just made them out. But we need to keep listening to one another and working together for the common good of the planet. And I see that happening. Listening to each other. Working together. And as Christians, I see it happening as churches like ours are taking creation care more seriously and listening for God and realizing that part of our calling as Christians is to take care of this planet. Part of being a disciple of Jesus Christ is to take care of this planet because he's the one who said, you know, teaching us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that transformation happens as we reflect on scripture as well. So I've got one more Bible verse for you today. We already had several. The season of Lent starts in just two and a half weeks with Ash Wednesday, as I mentioned previously. And in that season of Lent, on the first Sunday, we traditionally remember the temptation of Jesus, the time that Jesus spent 40 days in the desert, according to the scriptures, being tempted, finding strength. And there, you know, there's four Gospels that we have, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and each one of them has a slightly different perspective on things. And Bible geeks like myself, I like to look at the different Gospels and see what the different nuances are. Well, in all my years of being a pastor, I never noticed that Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all, they all talk about the temptation. There's a, there's a verse in Mark that I never really paid attention to before. You see it on the screen, according to the message version, it says, for 40 wilderness days and nights, Jesus was tested by Satan. Wild animals were his companions, and the angels took care of him. An Italian painter in the 16th century did this wonderful, wonderful painting of Jesus surrounded by the animals. I think it's wonderful. So in his long and lonely and challenging time of temptation, Jesus found a sense of peace and renewed purpose in God's creation, surrounded by animals. So what's your favorite animal? Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you for this big, beautiful, wonderful world. Forgive us for sleepwalking through life. Forgive us for not appreciating the, the beauty and the splendor, the majesty, the wonder. Open our eyes anew to look at a blade of grass, to look at the sky, to look at a bird, to look at each other and see the incredible gift of life for what it is. Renew in us an appreciation for this beautiful planet and the gift of life so that we might be strong enough and courageous enough and humble enough and cooperative enough to take better care of this planet so that indeed your kingdom would come and your will would be done right here on this earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.